We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good morning, everybody. It is a brisk Saturday morning in the Delaware Valley, along with my pal Jody Mack. I'm Glenn Mack now. Mike Sealski traveling to Indianapolis today for tomorrow's game. Jody, how are you, pal? Brisk? What are you talking about? It's beautiful outside today. Brisk can be beautiful. Oh, no, sunny I'll but chilly. You, I'll tell you where brisk is. Your old stomping grounds, <laughs> I know. upstate New York. You want to talk about brisk? I know. Can't even play a game. I know. Be, be thankful we are here in the Delaware Valley right about now, just because it might be a tad brisk outside. Uh, and I don't think we're going to get four feet of snow, so that's a good thing. <laughs> exactly. So, Jody Mack, I want to get your opinion right off the bat on something, because I think it was a bit of overreaction city around here this week. Uh, a lot of gloom and doom for a team that stands at 8-1. and one. Fire Jonathan Gannon. They're going to fall apart and miss the playoffs. The success is not sustainable. Uh, to which I would say, I'm not going to tell you there aren't some issues, but relax. I am curious if you see the big picture any differently. Very similar, uh, maybe just slightly differently. Uh, and again, we all get our reaction different ways. I did a show during the week, uh, my Birds 365, which we take feedback on, your social media exchanges. Uh, not as much panic in the streets as i think you just put forth but one thing that i think you are dead on accurate about is the disdain for jonathan gannon in this town <laughs> and oh by the way i have a serious i mean serious critique of jonathan gannon but it's not the guy should be run out of town right that they're one of the top defenses in the national football league depending on what metric depending on what analytics you want to look at and we could debate that till the cows come home um but they're not a bad defense by any stretch of the imagination and to suggest that they should run off a coach who's the defense coordinator on a team that five days ago was undefeated is kind of ludicrous. That's why I saw the massive overreaction. Right. And Good. I get it because the, the Gannon is not liked in this town. He's not the cut out of the same mold of former defensive coordinators and or defensive head coaches we've had here and down. And there's only one way to do it in the minds of a percentage of the Eagles fans. And it's blood and guts. It's kill the quarterback. It's blitz on every single down. And that's just not the NFL in 2022. And these people need to catch up and realize that that's the case. The, the overreaction to me was almost exclusively tied to the defensive coordinator. Okay. So, and you kind of hinted at something else, which is where I think we should go next, which is the Washington game 
And the game before it, the Houston game, kind of exposed some definite weaknesses in that defense. Top of the list is defense against the run. I don't think the sky is falling, but they have an aspect of their game that is increasingly showing that it needs to get fixed. They lost Jordan Davis. That hurt. Damian Pierce ran wild over them that Thursday night, but the Texans are a bad team, so Eagles won without too much problem. And then Washington held the ball for 40-plus minutes on Monday. It's funny, Jody, because the the commies averaged 3.1 yards a carry, but they always seem to have third and short, and they always seem to convert. Uh, And now they catch a Colts team with the great Jonathan Taylor. Upcoming after that is Aaron Jones, uh, the Packers, and Derrick Henry, and Saquon Barkley. And that, that gets a little scary. So they reacted this week and brought in two former All-Pro defensive tackles. And I guess they're believing and or hoping that that cures all wounds and ills of their inability to stop the run. We'll see. I have no idea what Linval Joseph and or Dominican Sue have left in the tank. You have to like it if you're an Eagle fan because they're signifying we're all in. We, we don't believe, despite the fact that a percentage of our fan base might believe the sky is falling, we don't. We think we're a legit Super Bowl contender, and we're going to go to whatever links we have to try and fix the problems that we have. And you got to love that about your team. When they do that, if you're a fan of that team, you have to love it, that they're, yep. they're pushing their chips into the middle of the table. Uh, so that's a very good sign. Now, will it work? I don't know. we got to see these guys on the field and see what they have left. It's a little disconcerting to me that neither one of these two had signed with a team throughout the season, have been sitting on the sidelines for the first 10 weeks of the year. Um, We'll see if it's just they were holding out for the right contract, they're holding out for the right team to land with. Hopefully that's the case, that they were just waiting for the Eagles to call and and, uh, tell them they'd like to add them to their defensive line. But I do appreciate the fact that the team is all in to win this year and Howie Roseman got both of those deals done. The downside is it kind of tells you what they think of Marlon Tuipolotu and Milton Williams. Well, he's hurt. Marlon is hurt. He's he's, he's out. He's on the IR. So I think he's also out. So that, yes. um, Right. But we have no idea when Marlon's coming back. Right. But not soon. So, so the, I, I think you're right. I think they needed to make a move, and um, they signed two guys who together weigh about 700 pounds. And Jody, they're about as old as you and I. Um, I, I agree with what you said in terms of you know all praise to Howie to do it. I hope I'm wrong on what I'm about to say. You know what it feels a little bit like to me. What's back that? when you and I were doing the show back in the 90s, like those flyer pickups of. Adam Oates and Paul Coffey, and, and remember all those moves the Flyers would make? And like, oh, look, they got Adam Oates, man. He's great. Well, once was. Hope I'm wrong. Better days so, are behind them. I, the, oh, yeah. The, the one I remember most about you and I was when they got Dale Howard Chuck. <laughs> And we had Bobby Clark on hours before, oh, hours, oh, yes, hours before, and he said, we're not planning on doing anything. Uh, exactly. I'm not going to be dictated to by the rest of the National Hockey yeah. League. And then hours later, they went out and got Dale Howard. Yeah, as we're talking, it was like, uh, no moves for me. Oh, phone's ringing. I got to go. <laughs> Ten minutes later, we were... <laughs> Jody, I was shocked. Bobby Clark lied to us, Jody. Yeah, I, he did. Just I could not believe that. Us. All right. Uh, so. I think of the two, Sue is the more impactful guy. He was, he was. Listen, last year he was good with Tampa. Uh, he had six sacks. 
He's very durable. He's he hasn't missed a game by injury since 2011. Before this year, you remember he was good in the Eagles against the playoffs this, uh, last year. So I I think he's got the better shot. I also somebody wrote something very funny on Twitter. They wrote Sue is here to fill Derek Barnett's role. We haven't had a stupid personal foul guy since oh, week one. Oh, shot on goal score. <laughs> I mean, he does. But, you know, I think he can he can be good. Do you remember, I'm not sure it was the last time, but the time with Linval Joseph. Jody Mack, I take you back to October 2018. Balls out, picked up by the Vikings. Joseph, can he win this long foot race? Linval Joseph. No flags. Touchdown, Minnesota. Carson Wentz versus the Eagles. Scoreless game. Snags the uh, pick six. A fat man touchdown. Vikings-Eagles 2018. That's, that's, uh, my, that's my memory of him. Somehow I've uh, added that, that one you? from my memory, uh, which okay. uh, is, I guess, somewhat understandable. Um, here's where I might disagree with you. If you're just asking the question... Who do I think's got more left in the tank, Sue or Joseph? I'd probably come down on your side and say Sue. But if the Eagles stick to what they do, and oh, I'll get to that in a second. That's my biggest gripe with Jonathan Gannon. Oh, yeah. Oh, we got a lot on that one. Sure. Then it, it might very well be Joseph because his game is more comparable to what they're missing with Jordan Davis. He's a true space-eating, nose-tackle, put him in the middle, occupy two uh, uh, offensive linemen so someone else can make tackles. And Dominican Sue is more like when he and Fletcher Cox were both at the top of their game, very similar players, can both play the run and get some pressure up the middle, get the passer. Um, so I'm not sure exactly what Sue's role is going to be. They may just ask him to do what uh, the, the, the hole they have in their defensive line is right now. I don't know if that's his strength at this time, but that has been Linval Joseph's strength throughout his career. Okay. Well, maybe maybe that proves to be the case. Um, and yes, we will in a moment talk about what I think you're alluding to, which is defensive scheme. But I will say before that, the Eagles now have five defensive linemen over age 30. Sue is 35. Joseph's 34. Brandon Graham is 34. Robert Quinn. You remember they got Robert Quinn? Yeah. He's 32. Fletcher Cox is 31, going on about 60. And Javon Hargrave turns 30 before the Super Bowl. Um Again, I am not going to panic, and I keep telling people, like, don't panic, don't panic, don't panic. But if there is one thing that – did you and I – it might have been Mike and I, the couple of weeks ago, kind of ranked the Eagles units from top to bottom, right? Their receiving core is this good, and their secondary is this good, and so on. Um, and at that time, I said they don't have any unit that I would say is less than good in NFL standards. Defensive line's getting pretty old, and I worry that moving forward in a 17-game season with playoffs, those guys can wear down because I worry that I'm already seeing that. What are your thoughts? Mm, it all depends on uh, injuries, that if guys start getting hurt, and they, uh, you can never tell with the Eagle injuries during the week because they give guys off during rest uh, time that you can't uh, know anything until they actually get out there on Sundays. Uh, if they get uh, their big rookie DT back, yeah, I would still call their defensive line good because they can get after the passer, um, and they are—they now have uh, tremendous depth 
if Joseph and uh, Sue are a portion of what they've been for their entire career. No, I, I, I wouldn't call it a weakness, but it's not a super strength. But uh, I think you used the word good. Would I still call their defensive line good? Yeah, I would. Okay. I worry that it will wear down. We will see. Let's get to what I think you're uh, wanting to get to, which is the fact that the Eagles have made a decision on defense this year. It is kind of their scheme that like, that they will give up the run to prevent the big play. They are very effective at not giving up the big play. They've given up the fewest plays over 20 yards of any team in the NFL. That's nice. Problem is, opposition teams have figured out, hey, we can run all day. And if you have a good running back, and I don't even know that Washington had a particularly above-average running back, you can, that's the Eagles' flaw, and have yet to show a way to overcome that. Uh, is that where you were headed? Absolutely. Yeah. Here's, here's my take. While I agree with the overall, all large arching overall way of getting things done and scheming like in the National Football League, I actually think the Eagles are a little ahead of the curve. They might be a little further down the road than most other teams, if not all other teams. But here's the problem with it. If you're so stringent in it, that this is the, the the way it must be done. It's the only way it can be done. It's our way or the highway. Yeah, other teams are going to adjust. And you're right. The James Robinson is a good between-the-tackles runner. He's not a top two, top five, top ten runner. Oh, they're coming up on the schedule rather shortly. You have to be able to adjust. You can't think, you can't be so arrogant and stubborn that because we've got a good grasp on our system and the way we play football, we're just going to be able to roll it out there every single week, darn the opponent, darn what the other team is doing. We're going to inflict our will on the other team. You're good, but you're not that good. We're not talking about eight all pros here on defense for the Eagles where you can just say, yeah, we know what we're going to do. For, I've referenced this with you and with others, Johnny Mack, my partner on Birds 365. Uh, and this will be a little painful for Eagle fans to listen to. When you and I were partners, the Dallas Cowboy offense, with five Hall of Famers on the front line, a Hall of Fame quarterback, a Hall of Fame running back, and a Hall of Fame wide receiver. Jimmy Johnson could hand his playbook to the other team's coach and go, here's what we're going to run. And then they'd go out and run it because Mm. they were just more talented than the other team and said, we can tell you, but we're going to execute it well enough that we don't believe you can stop us. And for the most part, you couldn't. This Eagle defense is not that good. They're not on that level. We're not looking at eight Hall of Famers on this Eagle defense. So you have to be able to adjust. You have to have some flexibility. And the Eagles are showing none. So rather than show flexibility this week, Howie Roseman says, well, let me go out and get reinforces. Let's bring in a couple of uh, maybe Hall of Fame level players that are well past their prime. We'll just plug them in and they'll do what Jordan Davis did so we can stick to the defense we play. Why don't you just put another line back on the field? Are you telling me that uh, uh, Nicobe Dean can't cover the other team's backup tight end? You have that much fear that the other team's backup tight end is going to beat you down the field for a 50-yard touchdown pass that you can't put this kid on the field. Nope, that's not uh, Jonathan Gannon. He's going to play his five DBs, two linebackers, and four defense linemen every single play, come heck or high water, doesn't matter who the opponent is. Yeah. And it is an interesting year in the NFL because uh, 
I mean, I think you're right. The Eagles are ahead of the curve in having this as their defensive philosophy, but it has become more prevalent, and so other teams are compensating. I just read this the other day. A guy named Mike Tanier, who I follow, T-A-N-I-E-R, on Twitter. He's a good football guy, writes for this for the New York Times. NFL teams are averaging 122 rushing yards per game this season, highest since 1987, and runners are averaging 4.5 yards per carry this season, highest ever. So what has been a passing league on offense is dealt with by defenses like the Eagles saying, okay, we're going to play the pass, as in we're going to play the big play. So now offenses are switching back and saying, okay, you'll give us the run, we'll run, and they're running effectively. By the way, Ray Dinger wins the day. He's he's finally got what he wants. Um the pendulum is swinging back. What has been a passing game, now the defenses are built to prevent the big play, sacrificing the short yards. So for the first time, we're, they're swinging back. And, and you're right. The Eagles have to figure it out. It is not and, – and listen, I think they signed those two defensive backs for what you say, but for another couple reasons. One is when Jordan Davis does come back, he's a rookie. He weighs three hundred and whatever sixty pounds. He's not going to be in, you know, great shape to play right away. He's just not. And the other thing is, you saw the other night Fletcher Cox played seventy plays, and um, Javon Hargrave played sixty six. And Cox said on Wednesday that he he felt like bleep because mm-hmm. uh, he was overworked. He was overworked, but he didn't do anything. I think he's had. Uh, five tackles in the last three games, something like that. I mean, he's he's been non-existent. Uh, the, uh, he is a great player who will go into the Eagles Hall of Fame. Jody, I got fear that he's kind of shot, and I think they may have fear that he's kind of shot. Yeah, I said this on Birds 365 on, on Tuesday. Um, the two defensive players for me in a night where the defense got exposed, the two worst players were Darius Slay and Fletcher Cox. Now, Darius Slay is playing to a Pro Bowl level, has been all year long. He threw in a clunker. A couple of the passes that looked like he was the main guy in coverage were uh, zone coverages, and he might not have been in the exact right spot, but it looked even worse than it was. But don't kid yourself, Darius Slay had a pretty bad night, and he didn't take as much accountability as I would have liked after the game. But uh, anyway. Uh, boy, that, that's the first. Uh He's Slay. He's big play Slay, and you have to believe that, all right, this week he'll go back to being big play Slay because he'd been pretty darn close to phenomenal for the first eight games. He'd been great all year, absolutely. Right. Fletcher, not so much. What what game do you want to point to this year where you go, well, Fletcher was a key cog in our defense on the defensive line. I don't have one off the top of my head. I know he got his hand in on several tackles. Well, that's because – the, the, just by process of elimination, the commanders ran so many plays, he had to get his hand in on a couple of tackles. I did not think Fletcher Cox played well, and yes, I feared that the, uh, the the backing up of Fletcher Cox's talent level is picking up speed. Yeah, uh, I do too. The, the, the best game he had, I thought, was the first game against Washington. Uh, he had, a, I think, a sack and a half or whatever. But yeah, he is, uh, and maybe a forced fumble, but he's yeah, he, the more he plays, the worse he looks. And so a guy that age, that much mileage on him, again, I salute him as a great eagle, but you can't ask him to play 70 plays a game. I don't know that you can ask him to play 40 plays a game. Um, 
All right, real quick before we go to break. By the way, 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494. Tomorrow is the Colts. They beat the Raiders last week in Jeff Saturday's first game. Jody, I did not see a snap of it. I don't know what to think. Uh, Matt Ryan is back at quarterback. He had a, what, a 39-yard 39, 39 run? Yeah, oh, I saw that play. I seen that on replay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a lot of lot of room, a lot of space. Did a quick aside on that one, Blake. Um, I we had uh, a Colts uh, uh, guy on to talk about the matchup on Birds three sixty five this week, and he shared this with us. I didn't see it. Matt Ryan's wife commented on that play that he was heading toward the sidelines. And he did a stop, plant, and reverse field and just left the D-back in the dirt and turned it upfield and went for another almost 20 yards. His wife commented, yeah, well, there was no way Matt was going back to the bench. That he was <laughs> heading toward the side. After he had gotten benched, he turned it back upfield. It was a hell of a play by the uh, ancient like quarterback that is. But his wife had the best tweet on the play. So I I like that. I, I, I hate well, I don't know if I hate doing the worry meter because I do it. Uh, I was at a 2.0 against Washington. I was clearly wrong. I am at a 4 on a scale of 1 to 10, my worry meter for tomorrow. Uh, the Colts did beat the Chiefs earlier this year. They have a good kicking game, good special teams, which is, to me, the weakest part of the Eagles being the special teams. So I will tell you, my worry meter is a 4. What do you say? Probably in the very same neighborhood you're in. And it comes down to one very simple thing. Can the Colts do exactly what the Washington football team did, the, the commanders did? Can they photocopy that and just roll it out there and go, all right, we're going to do the same exact thing? And or are either of the two newest additions, they've both been here about 20 minutes, able to step in and make the Eagles better against the run? Or, and I would put this at about a 2% chance, Will Jonathan Gannon react and make changes to his defense if Jonathan Taylor goes for 85 yards in the first half? I, I don't know the answer to that question. I'd like to know the answer. I don't. If you tell me that that's not going to be an issue, that's no way Jonathan Gannon is going to do, okay, fine, my confidence meter is a nine. But I don't know, and if I were a betting man, I would probably bet against the Eagles making adjustments. I think the adjustment is let's plug in our newest Eagles. They should be fresh. They haven't played all year. We don't know exactly whether they can even play at all, but let's give it a shot. I don't know if that's going to be enough. Yeah, it's a lot to ask for guys who are stepping off a plane uh, and haven't played this year. But as my friend Jody McDonald always said, we shall see what we shall see. Uh, so here's the deal. Let me give you the numbers again. 215-592-9494. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.